This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming. That's me. I'm the outfit repeater. Here I am. I'm wearing the same. But look how cute it is, though. It's like it's got a little moon, a little black cat and some bats. You're in the vibe. You're It's just really cozy. So you know what? Like this is I got my same foods. I got my same clothes. (laughs) Deal with it. I like the sweatshirt. You're going to see me wearing it a lot. We got the safe things, my safe food and my safe texture and my mm-hmm. safe clothes. You got to have that safety if we're doing this like self-growth work, right? Some uh, things you just got to know are reliable. They're going to they're gonna be there. They're not going to let you down. <laughs> it's the old reliable sweatshirt. Okay. Um, that's actually, if you look at my TikTok, guys, like if you look at my socials, I literally, or it's actually really bad on Instagram. There's this one social. <laughs> there's this one sweatshirt I literally wear in like every fifth video because I'm always wearing it and I'm like guys listen you know it's what? like semi-clean okay everybody get over it it's semi-clean okay if it's <laughs> this okay. is it's an it's another type of lifestyle we're, we're not the we're not the lifestyle accounts with like high fashion and like you know perfectly curated yeah, um- and everything my Amazon, if I had an Amazon store, like I would be like, everyone, here's the latest, like super cozy sweatshirt and sweatpants. Get it and, in like, every color. <laughs> get it in every color. And these are the socks. Like if you have this sensory need, these are the, I would yes. absolutely follow that Amazon influencer. If they curated a store that was like the most cushy sensory integration thing. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a, that's a thought. Who, who wants to do that? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll do it with all my spare I'll time. I'll add another thousand thing to my list. <laughs> okay, so let's go. Let's do this. Okay, so we, oh my gosh, this is, this theme has run in and out of some of our uh, episodes before, and I think it's worth exploring on its own. So also, we haven't forgot about what we, we covered last week. I just want to clarify this. We have not forgot about that. We just need to spend a little more time conceptualizing it. So for anyone who's listening to these, like either close together, I just want everyone to know that even though we both have ADHD, we will not forget (laughs) that we had that episode and we will start exploring. We just have to kind of get the schedule all set. So that being said, (laughs) let's move into this topic. So we are talking about relationships and how we basically interact with them. How do we conceptualize them? How do we um, navigate them? And what are expectations when we are in them? All right. So we're going to go into this a little bit deeper, but the main topic we're going to cover is 
when we're building, forming, or maturing, let's say that word, maturing a relationship. This is very important. The word maturing is very important for a parent and adult-child relationships, okay? So our parents right now, we're full-blown adults, and our parents, the relationships we have with them. Maturing a relationship, a evolution of a relationship. When we are on these journeys, relationally, sometimes we run into these, what do we want to call them? Hang-ups. Like these these barriers that sometimes happen when we are attempting, this is where it typically happens, everyone, warning, when we are attempting to deepen the relationships we have, we are no longer wanting shallow relationships. We no longer want to be friends with someone just because they like the same food we like or something. Like we want that to be deeper. We want it to be a little bit deeper than just this surface level connection, okay? When we are seeking relationships that are deeper, more connected, more authentic, more in alignment with who we are currently, notice what I said, who we are currently, we can run into these issues with relationships that were formed with the past versions of ourselves, okay? So when I met CA, I am a completely different person Then when I met her, I also met her when I was like a very young child. I was like 12 or 13. But even if CA met me when I was 19, I can't believe our relationship is like 20 years old. How old are How are we over 20? We can drink. Um, Our relationship can drink. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh my God, we're old. Okay. So no, when we think about, when we think about when some of our relationships were formed. So we do, we have siblings that were, some of these relationships were formed at birth. We have the relationship that was formed with the parents that raised us or birthed us or whatever, any of, you know, the variations married into kind of thing. And then we have some of these friendships and here's another tricky one, the relationships that maybe we're in currently with our spouse or partner or whatever dynamic we have there. We sometimes meet those people in other versions of ourselves, in other aspects of who we are, right? So when we start changing, evolving, get this momentum behind, oh, ooh, I noticed that right now what I was doing was I was having a lot of shallow relationships. And so now I really want to deepen those dynamics. I want to deepen my friendships. I want to deepen, deepen the relationship with my partner and my parents, maybe my siblings, whatever. Okay. What starts happening is you're seeking an authentic bond sometimes with people that aren't in that place at all, okay? So you're asking for something that they might not be able to give. And then what happens is you start struggling with, okay, well, I don't want to fake this dynamic. I don't want to pretend I'm close with this person. So... If I show up to my world like very raw, real, and authentic, how does that person fit in? Because now when I go over to their house, because I used to go over to their house all the time, like let's just use a friend, for example, I go over to their house and it kind of feels icky. 
it's the ick. I feel off. Like, I feel like I have to fake something. I feel like they want me to be someone I'm not. They are expecting me to be this person that I'm not. And then I try to go into this dynamic or something. And they're like, wait, that's not who I thought you were. And so then I have a choice. I have to either fake who I am or I have to go into my authenticity. Okay. So we have this dynamic that we're going to cover. And then we also have another layer, which is the expectation on the other side. Okay. So these are, this is going to be an episode where it kind of covers both sides. We have the side that we're experiencing. We have an internal motivation for authenticity, which is creating a dissonance when we reach out to someone who's like, nah, I'm good. I want a shallow relationship. That's good. I actually want that relationship with you, right? So that's going to create dissonance. And then we have the other side. We have the other side of the coin, which is our parents, our friends, our siblings, whoever it is on the other side, or our spouse or partner. That's like, you're asking me to do work. I don't have to do anything for this relationship. Like you signed a marriage contract. You were born to me. You were a friend for me for 20 years. I don't have to do anything. Why are you asking me to show up to this relationship in a deeper way? So the topic we're covering today is relationships are earned, not owed. This is one of the critical points we are going to be covering today. And I'll let CA take over right now. (laughs) I just threw a lot at you. (laughs) No. um, So I think What's interesting about this topic is that it applies very broadly in all these different dynamics, which is why we're listing out all those dynamics when we talk about it, because it really, we want you to kind of be like examining and seeing where this is showing up in your life, because it can literally show up in just about any type of dynamic where you have evolved significantly or even moderately from you know, the way that you initially showed up to that relationship as. And what is, what, oh, like what, what comes up is this feeling of entitlement to intimacy, right? That like, this is in that second dynamic that we were just touching on where the person on this other end of this relationship, because they've experienced a level of closeness or intimacy with you that was initially formed between the two of you that becomes, or even if they never experienced it, but like they believe that that's part of this type of a relationship or dynamic, they, they just feel that you should be giving that to them. You should be freely offering up levels of intimacy to this person based on the arbitrary dynamic of, of the roles between the two people. Well, spouses are intimate in this way. They just are. Like, it's, you don't, why are you questioning it? Adult children are supposed to tell their parents these types of updates about life. Uh, you're supposed to come to me with your problems if I'm your friend. Uh, you know, you, you're supposed to reach out to me. I'm the one you're supposed to ask for emotional support from. You know, like, they have these ideas, these definitions that go along with the role that they're filling and that you are filling for them. And then it becomes this just kind of entitled. So you really get the sense of entitlement. Like, wow, you really think that I'm supposed to just freely offer up X, Y, Z literally because you hold a title because you, you, you identify with the word parent spouse. Like that's not enough. And I think this is where the rub happens is maybe it was enough for a time, or maybe you 
just didn't know better. Like if we're talking the parent child dynamic, like when you were a kid, like you literally didn't know a lot of this stuff and, and you were a child and you were literally fully dependent upon these adults in your life to keep you alive. So you really had no choice um, with that dynamic. It was always a power dynamic. So um, imbalance of power. So I, I think then when you get to that point, right, where like you're now exploring your authenticity and really wanting to embrace it and maybe even experiencing it in some of your other relationships and you can really feel how different it feels to be able to feel totally safe and totally free and and really just like raw and authentic with somebody and they are that way with you and there's this trust and an active participation from both people that like both people are really putting in the work to create this safety together and this kindness and this warmth and it's like dynamic and it's mutual that and you experience that even if you haven't experienced it but like you know it exists and you've witnessed it and observed it or you're like starting to explore that with some of your relationships and you can tell wow there really is another way to do relationship than the way that I've been doing it with this person or that person. And and as you said at the beginning, it's like, so for a lot of us, you know, we value these relationships. And so we we try to explore that dynamic and say, okay, let's see if this it's possible to open up that type of safety here. Let's let's do that. And you you try to start doing that. You try to start showing up. And if that person's not there emotionally, mentally, for whatever various reasons, that's going to create some really tricky hurdles because, I I mean, we don't have to repeat everything you just said, but one of the things that's going to come up is like, you're not trying to force them to be someone or something that they're not, but you're inviting them to get to know another type of you. And this is where it gets tricky is because at the end of the day, this is a lot of times what this comes down to is sometimes it is an incapability. Like there's just like skills or like levels of like, you know, emotional processing or whatever that they just don't like possess. But sometimes it actually comes down to whether it's conscious or subconscious, the unwillingness of the other party to allow you to be a different version than they want you to be, than they've known you to be. Right. That's it. It's like, am I being held hostage by the person that they think I am? Like, I'm not that person and I'm communicating that. And that's, that is an important step here. Like, and I don't want to like jump ahead of ourselves, but like one of the first steps that we would do if we were talking about, okay, I'm on this self-growth journey and I'm starting to deepen my relationships, we would probably have to have some variation of communication of like, hey, I would like us to do X, Y, Z or whatever. And this is the tricky part, right? Because we usually have these conversations from like, how do I explain this? Basically, I won't want to ask something that I know you're incapable of answering. And we typically struggle with this because of the pattern of things that have happened in the past. So if I talk to CA and I'm like, I've asked questions about this to CA a couple of times and every time she hasn't had an answer. 
So like now that I'm at this point where I feel like I can communicate, if I ask something or, or like invite her to explore a part of herself or not even herself, but of, of our relationship dynamic, if I ask her to do that, the thing that typically gets in our way is the previous engagements that we've done and the previous attempts that have failed. And that's true. I'm not trying to invalidate that. I I would probably, there's like this really fine line where if they're starting to grow and like we have some relationships in our in our lives that are like this, where like the people that we're interacting are starting to grow and there's some of these like you know, hangups from the past. And it's like that, that's not really what we're talking about. We're not talking about throwing everything to the wolves and being like, oh, this person isn't showing up in the exact same, same way I need them to. There is something to be said about people's growth journey, not being as fast as yours. And just keep that in mind when I say this, because there are going to be people that are that literally do hear like, oh, I know that you want to deepen the relationship and they start making changes. They're just not as like on the same page right now and it's it's kind of one of those things where you're just trying to have to like you know keep that in mind when you're relating to them what we're really talking about though is there's no indicators there's no indicators in this in this example so we're not talking about those people in your life that you've had pretty decent conversations about you're realizing oh yeah i can tell they're still struggling with that you know they're they're still struggling with this aspect of growth or this whatever I'm more talking about there is no end. There's no sign. There is no sign of any real connection to the self. There's no sign of the way that they are open. What I, I guess we would call it in psychology, cognitive flexibility. Like you're seeing that they're able to flex and expand and be expansive. Like, oh, I can open up my mind and understand that you're evolving and that's okay. And like, I would like to understand that. Hey, guess what? If they're if they really want to understand it, they're going to show signs that they're attempting to understand. They're going to sit with you and they're going to say, "Oh, I am confused. I didn't know that that was something you were exploring, like let's say religion or let's say your sexuality." I know we're talking about these big topics, but for example, if that's the first I heard and CA's talking to me about her sexuality and I literally am like shell-shocked, I might not have the perfect response, right? But if I have the flexibility of like listening to her and I say something like okay, I don't fully understand and I'm here because I I want to be here and I want to understand. That is an indicator that they're willing to be like present and they might not have all the answers and they might not have the right like strategy yet, but they are showing signs. Here's the the other side of it though. You're going to know. You're going to know pretty fast if when you attempt to show up to a relationship authentically, Okay, you're going to know pretty fast if there's flexibility there or not. Okay, so for example, if let's say let's use sexuality for a second. If I am coming out to my parents, okay, and I talk to them about this and they're like, oh, okay, what do you want me to say about that? What, what do you want? Like a cookie? Like, okay, well, first of all, I know right away that they're not there. There's no dialogue. Do you notice there's no flexibility? Like you can't even hear any questions being asked. You don't hear curiosity. You hear either complete shutdown or sometimes it goes into full criticism. Like, 
Like, what do you think you're going to do? Like, what kind of life are you going to have? Like that kind of thing. Okay. So you're going to hear these things. All right. But here's the tricky part. This is where it's the both. And it's like, I am asking for an authentic relationship and you obviously have an expectation of who I need to be. So if I'm talking to my parents and they say something like, okay, well, you know, go off and do your life or whatever, but you're not going to be coming to my house with your partner. Right. Okay. Here's this tricky part. I now am choosing between, do I show up to this relationship in my authentic way? Do I show up to this relationship with my parents, I should say, in an authentic way? And is that compatible with what they're asking of me? Because if I show up in, in the authentic way, I might bring my partner with me to the holiday dinner. Okay, if they're not invited where, where am I supposed to go? And so here's that relationships are earned, not owed. If my parents look at me and be like, I don't care who you're dating. You are my child and you're expected to be at the holiday dinner. So you, you, there's the, oh, you owe me. You, you are, I raised you. I gave you everything. And you can, the least you can do is show up to the holiday dinner, Right. But here's the relationships are earned, not owed. If that relationship was willing to evolve, that relationship would leave space for the authenticity of the other person. And this is where the rubber meets the road. If that family, if the mom and dad or the, you know, whatever dynamic they have sits there and looks at their daughter and says, your life is incompatible with our belief system. What are they saying? At that point, what help is it to sit there and ignore the reality of the situation, right? If anything, this is where there's implications. And this is one of the heavier points we wanted to hit, okay? There's implications for me showing up to that holiday dinner alone. Sad because I get to see all of my siblings' spouses and their kids like having the best time. And I have to sit there alone with my partner sitting in an empty house because they're not allowed to be with me. Like there's implications to my psyche if I keep exposing myself to that fake reality, to that fake facade dynamic of the daughter they wanted me to be. Because what they're asking me to show up as at that holiday party is a fake past version of myself, or maybe not even the past version of myself. Maybe it was a manufactured version of who they wanted me to be and sit my ass down in the chair and shut up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just play out the role that was written for you. Because that's what we do in this family, right? And so you're talking about perpetuating like you said, a facade and becoming an active participant in a fiction. And yeah, right. Yes. And you're willing to just put on the face of something that's not really you. And so this is why these types of dynamics typically lead to attention. I Hopefully it's not always a downright like explosion, but sometimes that's what ends up happening is because even if you do that, even if you try to force yourself through the facade for a certain number of get togethers that you, you try to like something's going to give and you're 
brain, your body, your soul, like some part of you is going to be like, we literally can't do this anymore. We can't do this anymore. We can't live this dissonance anymore. Something has to give. And so you have the option of changing the circumstances or changing the expectations. And and that's what you have the power of. And then they're going to try to impose their circumstances or expectations over that. And that's where the dissonance happens. So you're going to make a choice eventually where you're going to go, you know what? I can have a type of relationship with my parents to the level that they're willing to go, which is super shallow. Like I I can do that. And, And so now you adjust your expectations. You no longer dream or play out some version of them that you wish they were right? Because lots of times that's, that's the motive. And I, because I listen, no part of this is like shame inducing. If you play out the facade, if you're that person who shows up inauthentically for a time or whatever, like this is no shade to you whatsoever because we've done it. We've done, we've it. done like, it. I know what that's like. And usually right. the motive behind it is because you also have a version of them in your mind that you're hoping they might eventually get to. There you go. And so there you're you like, I need to preserve some line of communication and dynamic here so that we can eventually get to this magical place in my mind that I think exists for them. But I think what ends up happening is like our brains are data machines and they're constantly taking in the information and you see a pattern enough times Eventually, your brain's going to be like, you know what? I don't think these people are actually going to be that version that you think they're going to be. And so it's like you have to adjust your expectations and let go of that. You basically have to let go of like that vision that you had of who you wanted them to be. And once you kind of see them for who they are and who they are willing to be and show up as, you can go, okay, I can interact with that version of them. And I got to be honest about who that version really, really is, not who I wish they were. And these, and then you come up with your own set of boundaries and standards in yourself of what feels safe, how to interact with that version of them. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably not going to include going to those holiday meals right. because if you want to authentically participate in experiences that are supposed to be about shared warmth and comfort and closeness and family, like you're going to be like, oh, but that's not who they are. Like I can't, I literally cannot force a dynamic that they're not willing to show up as. And I no longer, or I've never been allowed to show up as. (laughs) So therefore, like, what are any of us even doing here? We're literally just like playing out a scene from a Hallmark movie because because that's what we all think we're supposed to do. But once you like, it's like when the wool gets pulled away from your eyes and once you like really see, okay, this is how deep they're ever willing to go. Okay. So that means like, all right, I can like, maybe like, go out to lunch with them occasionally at a restaurant or, you know, we can exchange cards or whatever. Like you can participate authentically in a shallow relationship with folks who you are accurately like 
pinning. Like this is who they accurately are, right? Like once you like accept this version of like, okay, this is where we're at. Okay. So now I can, I can authentically participate with that to this level that I feel comfortable with. But what's happening is that they're only showing up like this, but they're expecting you to show up in a way deeper way than they have ever, ever made it safe for you to be. They've never actually created space, safety, or or ability at all for you to really be this like intimate, authentic, vibrant version of yourself. But they like, they just think that you should be that around them. Well, why why can't you just be yourself around them? Why can't you just open up a little bit more? Why can't you tell me what's going on in your life, et cetera, et cetera. And so when you start showing up in this new authentic way, right? You're going to start interacting with them at the level that they have created things to be at. They're all of a sudden going to be like, what? They're going to feel like you've taken something away from them. That's what's going to happen. Why aren't you, why aren't you coming to holidays? Why aren't you doing this, that, and the other thing? And really it's like, what does that mean? That's like, behold, the consequences of your, my own actions, right? It's like, sometimes I always think about that as like people like genuinely become shocked when they are confronted with the consequences of their own actions. They're like, what? It's like they get the dissonance, right? And like, so if you say that, if you're like, oh no, like I just, I, I, this is, I mean, like, this is just the dynamic that you want us to have. Like, you're not willing to go to the depth that you're not, I need right. and want to go to. Right. So I'm showing up the way that you are showing up. Like I, I, I'm, we're doing the same thing. Like you're wanting me to put in more than what you're willing to put in. That's right. not, that doesn't jive anymore. Right. And then, so that's where the like butthurt feelings come in of like, how dare you? Right. And it's like, well, how dare I, this is me just reacting and interacting in the, in the way of what you have created. Right. I mean, it's interesting, like that person just sat there and told them to show up to this holiday dinner and fake it. And so when you're telling me, oh, no, the only reason I'm not going to the holiday dinner is because I'm no longer participating in that like facade that you obviously want me to participate in. Right. And so if they heard like, oh, no, what do you mean? That's not what I'm saying. And you're like, no, that's actually what you're saying. You're asking me to sit there, witness my siblings and their partners and their kids and live this little hand, you know, whatever, hunky dory life, like you're sitting there and you're like, why am I having to witness everybody else's authenticity? And then I have to dampen my own. So I'm actually just going along with what you were asked me to do. You asked me to participate in something that I'm not going to do. And so I'm trying to advocate for myself. And that's all I'm doing, not going to the holiday party. I'm not trying to punish you. I'm trying to honor myself. I'm trying to honor the dynamic within myself because it's actually more harmful for my psyche to go to that holiday party. So we can have a different kind of dynamic, but I'm not going to expose myself to what you're asking me to do. You're asking me to injure my psyche and I'm not doing it. That's on self-advocacy, right? And this is this is something I did want to point out because when you were talking, I was sitting there and I was thinking, why does this get so hard? Like, how have we gone decades going to these holiday dinners and just been like, yeah, let's do the Hallmark movie thing. Like, let's just fake it. Like, BRB, gotta fake it. You know, like, why were we so okay? And it's it's actually an indicator of your growth. And I just want everyone who's listening to hear this. If you're 
at this point where it's starting to get very, very dissonant and, and tension filled when you're having these dynamics, that actually is a sign of your growth because it means that your your mind, the integrated self, and because your body's going to come along side with you, it's going to show up with tension and it's going to tell you, Hey, actually like, you know, that feeling in your chest, every time you're around them, that's actually what we're, that's what we've been trying to point out to you. What happens is that self-advocacy is growing your standards for interactions. They're growing. And so because your standards are growing, you're noticing when people are asking you to be inauthentic, they're asking you to fake it, they're asking you to mask. And I don't mean like COVID mask, I mean like, don't show up the way I want you to show up. Don't fidget, everyone sit down, smile for the camera and shut up. And when you have actually raised your standards of like, oh no, I actually feel safe fidgeting. I actually feel safe being who I am. I feel safe showing up with my partner. I feel safe being in my own body. I have made a home within myself and I want to be in that home and I want to feel safe in that home. And you're asking me to not be safe. You're asking me to show up in a different way. And so I did want to point that out that this isn't a bad thing when the tension grows. It's really actually an indicator that you are massively tapping into an energy that you didn't typically, or not even typically, you didn't previously have access to. And so when you tap into it and you're starting to be like, wait, I was fine. Like I could go to these family events and never have a problem. So what the hell ever, ever since I started doing this or this or this, or maybe I started asking these questions. Now all of a sudden I literally want to rip my hair out every time I'm around this dynamic. And I go, well, instead of looking at that as a bad thing, I want us to flip the narrative for a second and say, what if that's your deep, connected self finally breathing, finally coming to the surface, finally getting activated and saying, oh, I am showing up as tension because you deserve more. I actually, I'm absolutely showing up here and I'm coming up as dissonance because this is the moment of advocacy that we're talking about. That's that moment. Hey, hey, it's showing up this way right? Which I think is profound. It's just incredibly uncomfortable. It's incredibly uncomfortable. It really is. And and I mean, you are a dynamic human being. We all are. And you are going to shift and change and grow as life goes on. And that means your needs might change. Your wants might change. Your thresholds are going to change throughout the course of your life. And we, we actually have a topic where we I can't remember what episode we talked about this, but we were talking about um, when when you let your thresholds go to their max, you know, simply because you can, that doesn't mean that you have to forever always show up going to the max of your thresholds. And as you begin to become gentler with yourself, your thresholds will change, honestly, probably to a much healthier place than you had previously been pushing them to. And when you become really, like you said, like at home in your own self, in your own body, and you actually like are taking care of yourself and nourishing yourself, those thresholds are going to gently shift for you to keep you in this space of peace and calm 
and, and safety. And so therefore, what you once were able to do or tolerate, your body's now going to tell you, yeah, we used to be able to do that, but we don't do that anymore. We don't push ourselves to that level anymore. That's not kind. That's not helpful for you. <laughs> Woo! I know. I'm I'm like that's it's like hitting, you know, because it's like you actually get into this really loving dynamic with yourself and when you start showing up for you and and taking care of you it becomes sacred like your peace becomes sacred and you're going to start to fight for it and advocate for it and make changes for the sake of it because you'll experience how much better life can be <laughs> in that space and you become willing only to accept and allow in that which doesn't disturb that, but that which contributes to it and nourishes it. Right. And I think this is this is a beautiful moment for a lot of people when they're healing and it's painful. It's It's that like I'm knowing parts of myself that I never allowed myself to know. And because of that knowledge, there's a deep call to action and show up with what I know about myself in the external, right? And this is where when we're talking about what this actually feels like is, oh, I know something about myself or I'm aware or I'm attuned or I'm aligned with it. And so now the the body goes, okay, cool. I'm so glad we're founded in that and grounded in that and established in that. And so now when I go out and I experience people and they're kind of asking me to not be that, that's, it. I'm not trying to like, you know, trip you up. I'm not trying to like create a barrier, but I am, I am going to show up probably as dissonance and tension because I need you to know that like, that person doesn't honor that side of you. And when that person says something and you're like, oh, uh, why would you say that about that group of people or something? And they're like, well, I don't like them. And you're just like, oh, and what what is the body going to do? You're going to feel tension. You're going to feel like maybe a lump in your throat and and you're going to not feel safe. And the reason why you're not going to feel safe is because that person is not psychologically safe for you to be founded into. You're not allowed, not allowed. You're not wanting to allow yourself to create another fake relationship and be like, oh, it's fine. We just won't talk about that group of people. No, because that's not an authentic way of you showing up to that dynamic, right? And so this is what we mean by like that tension is part of the healing. It is part of the processing. And I did want to touch on one other thing is there was one day, I'm not going to tell the story because I'm like, whatever. I don't, I don't want to like blindside you see, but there was one time I'm going to like take all the topics out. You told me a story about like visiting someone that like had a different, you know, lifestyle or like belief system than you did. And you were talking about this feeling the whole time of like, trying to figure out where the line between I have to advocate for myself and I have to just kind of like keep the status quo. And I wanted to talk about this for a second because this is a part of the layering of this because I know we're going right to like, I'm not going to the holiday party, right? But what I don't want to, what I don't want to bypass is the maybe year or two in between 
you going to that holiday party and being everything's hunky-dory and I'm totally fine and life is great. I'm talking about those maybe like year, two years in between that you go and the tension is growing and you're feeling something happening and maybe you don't have words for it and maybe you don't have the skills yet, but you're still going and you're like, something sucks and you're just noticing. But I do. this is why I want everyone to hear this. It is important for you to be doing this work from a place of, and I, I don't want to use a religious word here, but like grace or like give, like giving yourself some flexibility here because, you know, CA told me this story and I could have been like, you could have just shown up and, and been like, this is what I am and this is who I am and everyone just needs to go along with me and I don't need to take this and whatever. And you could go in like, blaring in there and just you know Mm -hmm. just you know blowing it out of the park but nine times out of ten that's not how this is gonna go down nine times out of ten it's gonna show up in small interactions the birthday party the holiday event the you know family get together the friend inviting you over that you haven't seen in a few years it's going to show up in those small ways And so I don't want people to take away this and be like, oh, if I felt it a little bit, then I have to immediately make a decision. And I'm like, not necessarily because this is your own self-sovereignty here. This is you knowing, this is literally you knowing this group of people that I just met with, I might've felt a little bit of tension, but I actually feel like it's okay. Like I can be around them again. It's not necessarily like an all or nothing thing at all. It's me navigating the the type of tension I'm feeling, like how they're talking and how they're interacting with my differences, right? So you might go over to a friend's house that doesn't agree with your lifestyle. That doesn't mean you have to create a vacuum for yourself and never interact with anyone who doesn't agree with you. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you using your sovereignty skills, your skills of navigation and skills of integration. So you're going to tap into how they're talking to you. Are they talking to you in a critical, belittling, berating way? Or are they saying, oh yeah, I don't live that lifestyle, but I'm, I welcome you to like talk to me and like share things about that with me. And I really love that I get to understand that part of you. Totally different than someone who is like, pushing you out, kind of pushing you into a category, really creating this different kind of tension, right? And so that is what I wanted to point out is that there are going to be people that are not going to agree with you that might not necessarily have the same exact opinion about things that you have. And this doesn't mean you never have friends that aren't like the exact same mentality as you. It just means recalibrating your thresholds. It means tapping into your thresholds and saying, hey, they don't really agree with me, but is that, is that okay in a way that it's not taking away from my integrity and my authenticity? If it's not, okay, then practice in that moment, practice what it feels like to have some dialogue and like maybe some discrepancies of belief and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I I definitely want to say that like, I'm glad you brought up that story because uh, from my life, just because like that's a good example of how it happens in real life, which is usually gradual. And it's usually 
you know, you need time to sort through your feelings and sort through your thoughts and you need more data points, right? Like you need more interactions with this dynamic to see what you really need to do or say necessarily because yeah this is not all or nothing none of none of this podcast is and none of our relationships or dynamics really are all or nothing and so just because you are aware that you have shifted a part of your identity away from an identity you once shared with this other person that doesn't mean that the second you do that, you're like, yes, I can't be friends with them anymore. Then it's like, well, then you're not actually giving that other person the opportunity to show up in a way for you. And so, and this is what we touched on at the very beginning of the episode, right? It's like, we're not forcing people to be something they're not or making them change, right? We wouldn't want someone to do that to us. So it's simply taking your time to explore how you feel safe authentically showing up in these various dynamics in your life and allowing the other person the invitation to accept these evolving versions of yourself and learn to interact with a new version of you because they're not going to be perfect at it right away. And if somebody is indicating to you that they want to learn this new you and they want to learn how to have conversations with you and be present with you, then yeah, I mean, like that's best case scenario, guys. Like this is great, right? Like to actually know that like, oh, like people in my life are capable of, as you said, cognitive flexibility and allowing space for differences. And we want to be those type of people as well. Like, I'm not going to sit there and like you said, live in a vacuum and just like shut out every single person in my life that's not perfectly exactly aligned with everything that I am. Like, it's, that's ludicrous, right? Um, And so I, I would, I would have no one. Um, So because I'm very weird. <laughs> Finding someone that's fully aligned with me it would be in that. No. Um, so I, I think that that's a really important point. And to be, as you said, kind of patient with ourselves and at no point judging of ourselves. As I said, like when I would show up to these various dynamics in, in almost like a observer role, like I would kind of show up and be like, I wonder how I'm going to feel. I wonder what might come up for me when I have these conversations and you don't know what you don't know. And so you just have to kind of get in the trenches and start having these conversations and start exploring these dynamics and just kind of see what happens. But as you said, and as we talked about, when it becomes clear that there isn't that flexibility and safety for you to be showing up in the way that you're willing to show up at this point in your life. Like I'm, I'm willing only to show up in certain levels of authenticity. Like I'm not saying you got to be like putting your bleeding heart all over the table with Tom, Dick and Harry down the street and Joe at work and whatever. Like we're not talking about that. We're talking about like the people that you're going out of your way to like spend your precious time and energy with, you're going to want to only show up with certain levels of authenticity because that's what is 
you know, that that's what you're after at this point in your life, at this phase of your growth, right? Like you've gotten to a point where you're like, no, I really just like, I don't want to have to do the fake thing. Like I only have so much free time. Like I want to enjoy it. Like, why am I putting myself through these torture chambers of like my very precious free time and spending it in a way that like, I don't even get to be me. Like, why would I do that to myself anymore? And so yeah, I mean, I feel like it, that's that's what we were kind of getting into. So so I guess the next step, right, is like how do we communicate to that other party? I touched on it a little bit, but I feel like this is a helpful kind of like tool or moving forward, you know, skill set to start working on is like, you know, when this person is now consistently indicating that they're unwilling to accept any version of you that's different than whatever either past or manufactured version of you they have in their head of you. And they've really kind of consistently showed up and proven and maybe even sometimes verbally straight up validated that that's not something that they're willing to accept any other version of you. When that is now the dynamic that's pretty well established how do you communicate to that person? Okay, well, then in that case, this is how I'm going to have to show up. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We probably should cover some of the things that you might face when you show up authentically. I did want to do a side note because what CA just said about intimate partnerships, about authenticity, we don't have the luxury to show up in every relationship authentically, okay? I don't know if we went into that a little bit more, like we didn't tap into that, but like work dynamics don't always have the opportunity. Some, you know, social groups, we really don't. And, and that's why I've heard some clinicians say authenticity is a privilege and it should be, I mean, yes, we want it in our intimate partnerships, but to get it in outer circles is kind of rare. And I just want to be honest about that. It is, it is. So I did want to, I did, cause I think people are like, okay, so when I go to work, I'm going to be the realist. So, and I'm like, sometimes you don't have that. I just want to be very real and raw about that. And I don't want everyone to be like, I tried Jamie and I tried to show up in all of these different ways and it just wasn't working. And I'm like, you're right. Because there's some settings that like don't allow for it. I wish we lived in a world that did, but we don't. So what I, what we're saying in this podcast is those inner circles that's where we're like starting. We're starting at least the bare minimum. You should have your deep, immediate interactions. So the partner, the friend, the sibling, the parent that you autonomously do want to fight for, you want that relationship in your life. Those are the dynamics that I'm like, yes, we want to really work toward that authentic connection. Okay. So I did want to do that side note, but in regards to what CA was talking about, I do think we need to outline for a second what this might look like, especially in emotionally unskilled people, which are typically people that are the you owe me narrative. Like you owe me a relationship because you signed a piece of paper that said you were married to me. You owe me a relationship because I birthed you and fed you. Okay. So in these dynamics, what is this going to look like strategically? I We kind of need to play out for a second what you might be headed toward. Okay. So 
what you might be headed toward, unfortunately, is the emotional default for many of these folks are bypassing or buffering these types of sobering realizations, awakening conversations. Okay. So if you are sitting down and you sat down and said, I do kind of want to have, I want to put work into this relationship. I want to have a connection with my mother. I want to have a connection with my you know, sister that I don't talk to anymore, or I want to, and I don't have it. Or, you know, that friendship, I wasn't able to like, you know, I want it, I want these things in my immediate circle, okay? So if you are willing to fight for that, which means you have to put work in, okay? Listen, we don't want to do their work, but some of this is putting work into it. So you sit down and you say, I will have a conversation with my mother about showing up authentically, whatever, wherever this is, okay? So... um me and my mom get in a fight. She really says a couple of things that were really harmful. She says that I'm selfish when I was attempting to, you know, just do my best. I couldn't take everybody's opinion into it. And, you know, I did something, I don't know, we probably should have an example here, like, just for it to not be too convoluted. But like, I don't know, let's say I... I was hosting a kid's party and I couldn't invite an extra adult. So my grandma didn't go to the birthday party. Okay. And grandma lost it because I literally could only, I was like, they only have so many parent slots. I couldn't invite grandma. Okay. And grandma loses it on me. Okay. So I was doing my best. I was literally trying to take into account, but I couldn't add her in there. And she loses that on me and says, I'm selfish and I don't care about her. And you just don't want your grandkids to have a relationship with me. You're trying to withhold them from me, right? She goes full into the emotional out, outrage kind of thing. Okay. So you do, you attempt to dialogue. You say, I love you and I care about you. And I did not have the ability to add anyone else. There was limitations to this experience. And you know that I did my best to do a family party. I'm sorry you weren't invited to this additional celebration for my kid. Okay. And she realizes maybe she has that moment of, oh, yeah, that was a little overkill. I called her selfish and she like, whatever. I was just being a little bit of outrage. But instead of saying that, here we go. I tell her, I acknowledge that's disappointing. I I have that. I do the work. I show up to that relationship and I say, absolutely. I could absolutely see what this is frustrating. And our the grandkids love you. My, you know, my kids love their grandma. And you know, we are going to do our best to make sure that family birthday party is really special. And so I know that you want to spend time with them. So I do the work. I show up. I can acknowledge the emotion. I can validate the emotion. But then because my mother, their grandma, literally destroyed me saying I was selfish, I was a brat, I don't care about anyone, like literally destroyed me, I'm upset. I'm like, you really hurt me. Like that hurt me. You know that, right? Like you said I was selfish and I literally did my best in that party. Like I, I need you to hear that. Like you you know that you, you hurt me by saying that to me. Are you aware? So here's here's where we run into... What, what is required here in the relationship? Okay, so the requirement of a deeper relationship would be, 
listening, understanding, co-validation, co-regulation, like in the moment, dialoguing about the tension, right? But notice what I'm saying. All of those require emotional skills. All of those require a lot of emotional skills to like regulate, to process, to validate, to honor, like all of those require a lot of emotional skills. So if I'm talking to my parent and they don't have emotional skills, they are going on bare bones defaulted mentality, okay? So let's say they get to a moment and they're like, you know what, I don't want to talk about, like I, I say you really hurt me, you hurt me. And they're like, you know what, I, I'm the one who should be hurt. I wasn't invited to the birthday party. You're making this about you, right? Because not two things can't coexist. Two pains can't coexist. Your mom can't be disappointed while you're hurt that she called you a piece of shit, right? Like you can't have that coexist. So she says, she shuts it down. She goes, I don't know why you're saying you're upset because I was the one who was upset originally. And we don't, I don't want to talk about this. Okay. So a couple days go by. We're going to follow the example through. A couple days go by. You open the door and there's yellow roses and there's a note and says, love you forever, mom. Okay. Do we love yellow roses? Yes, we love yellow roses. Cool. Great. That's great. That that's a, we can tell there's something behind this that she's attempting to acknowledge. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe in a little way, like that wasn't good for us as a as a mother-daughter relationship, okay? But notice, this is why our standards are changing. We're recalibrating our thresholds. Before, past versions of me would see the flowers and be like, this is her saying, sorry, I, I have to get over it. But here, here's the pause. Everybody slow their processing down right now. Notice that by a yellow floral arrangement showing up to my door there was no real emotional processing behind that action there was no emotional processing it was here's a representation of the outreach the olive branch I'm not even gonna say anything notice that note said love you forever it didn't say can we talk about this later? It didn't even open up a dialogue. Hey, this is me opening up the dialogue. I want us to talk later. No, it's love you forever. Can we forget about it? Yeah. What, what the very first thing that I was thinking of right then when you said that was like the thing that the, the, the real issue there with that major bypassing of the emotional processing with you is that it robs you of any indication whatsoever moving forward that this won't happen again. Like you have no indication that they learned or grew or understood any part of that in order to avoid hurting you like that again in the future. So because like you have no indication whatsoever of any type of emotional processing or growth from them, by you accepting the floral bouquet as the way to get over this, what you're really doing is you're just putting yourself back in the line of danger blindly because you, you really, it could happen again tomorrow. They, they have in no way proven to you that they're safer today than they were yesterday when they hurt you like that. Right. 
And what's interesting, and this is where it gets weaponized, and I, I am telling people that here's the thing. We got emotionally unskilled people that aren't willing to do the processing. And then we have the layers of where it's getting to that toxic trait stuff, okay? It's getting there because gifts are a gift. But then when I say something like, hey, mom, just got the got the flowers. Um, I appreciate you thinking of us. I do want to still dialogue about that event that we, you know, went through last weekend. It's never enough with you, is it? It's never enough with you. I go out of my way. I call the florist. I even have them rush it to your door. And you want to drag me through the mud again? You want to make me feel bad that I did that to you? Here's the thing, though. What they're saying is they're not willing to do the emotional work. And they're weaponizing a gift. And saying, this is it. That's all this is. I'm giving you the gift to bypass. So why are you not wanting the gift? Why do you not want the gift? And so this is where people are like, actually, like, especially with my clientele that I work with narcissism, they will like get to the point where they're like, no, I don't want the vacation. I don't want the car. It'll get so high. These gifts get so high value because they're like, stop using these like high value gifts to bypass the emotional work that I need you to do, okay? And so it's easy on the outside, ready? This is why the toxic trait very loops very, very quickly with a lot of momentum because what happens on the flip side? I go, my intention is not to hurt you. I am absolutely just wanting to make sure we have time to process what happened, okay? So she goes, absolutely not. I don't even care, throw out the flowers, okay? So what happens on the narrative? What happens on both of those narratives? You're sitting there saying, I really would have just wanted a conversation. Flowers are nice, but I really just wanted a conversation. Like I just wanted the ability to connect with my mom again and have a conversation around what's going on in our relationship, okay? That's the narrative that's coming from you. The narrative that's coming from possibly the mother that is getting to the toxic leaning side of things Sounds like this, and I'm going to tell you what this, it's literally going to sound like this. She's on the phone with her cousin or her, you know, best friend and says, you, I, you will not believe the nerve of my daughter. We get in this stupid, small surface level argument about a party. Yeah, I said a couple of things I'm not proud of, but I go out of my way to give her these flowers and she has the audacity To not even say thank you. She didn't say the words thank you. She said, you know, I appreciate, like, she didn't say the words thank you. (laughs) I'm being a little obnoxious there. But like, but she, she says she wants to keep, she wants to draw, and here's the narrative. She says she wants to kind of drag me through the mud and make me feel bad all over again. And I'm She just won't let it go. She just won't let it go. Notice. Nothing was actually processed though. So like what you're asked, what she's saying is I'm just not willing to do the emotional work it takes to maintain this relationship. Right. And what I am willing to do is give tokens or external. And this is why it gets so toxic. The more they show up with the external love, the flowers, the card, the things that are like looking all like, you know, on the up and up Hallmark card thing. That's where people get confused. They're like, you know what, Jamie? Like, I've kind of heard both sides. And like, your mother has like 
given you like all of these things, like, and she's been outreaching. Like I heard she sent a card and, you know, it just doesn't seem like it's ever enough with you. And at that point, this is why when you're asking for strategies, this is what I want you guys to hear. Strategies are going to look like conviction. When someone says, you know what, Jamie, like I've talked to your mom, it's just never enough for you. Conviction looks like I'm going to say something like, we have two different opinions on emotional connection. She sees it a lot through gifts. I see it a lot through emotional work. I'm asking her to show up emotionally. I'm asking her to dialogue with me. I'm asking her to hold complex emotions, hold complex like experiences, blend certain experiences, honor two experiences at the same time. I'm asking her to kind of, and I'm inviting her to share that with me. And all I'm getting is a card that says mom and some random manufactured thing that was scripted from Hallmark. I I need more than that. I need more than that. And so when you start sitting in your power and you start getting convicted, someone could say you're a piece of crap and that you are selfish and you just whatever. And at some point, this is where your narrative being strong is your ability to strategically navigate these conversations. Because notice in this scenario, the mom never really showed up. She just kept trying to do her best to bypass all of the actual work she needs to do in the relationship. Because going back to the original thing is I don't really need to do any work because she owes me a relationship because she's my daughter. I don't have to do any work. Because I'm literally her mother and she's my daughter. Like, what else do I need to do? I gave her food. I gave her water. Like, I don't know what else you want from me. And this is where, for all of the listeners that, like, need kind of that sobering reality, this is where the hard truth is that relationships do not function on defaults. They function on action and effort and determination and perseverance and active engagement. Those are the things that develop a relationship. So here's the hard truth for all of my like workaholics out there. You just showing up with a paycheck. That's not you developing a relationship with your spouse. It's not. I know that's super freaking hard to hear. Or you just doing the laundry. I know that that's part of life. Like maybe you, you, you have a lot of household tasks. Maybe that's what you're doing on that side of things with the partnership. You just doing all the laundry is not showing up to your relationship with your spouse. Like, I get it. Like, we need to have these shared balance dynamics. But like, the work of maintaining a home or maintaining like basic level of functioning, that isn't actually relational work. It is supplemental. It helps maintain the function of the home. People need to eat. People need to work. I get it. I'm not trying to say those things aren't necessary. But when we're saying that's the only thing, that is why people are like, my spouse feels like a roommate or my mother feels like a stranger. I go up into my house and there's 10 people there and I literally don't know them. I go, because it's more than just making food. It is. It's more than just making food in the same room. It's like, I want to be with you. I want to understand you. I want to hear your suffering. I want to be with you in your pain. I want to be with you in your joys. I want to understand your complex emotions. And hey, guess what? I want to be with you when you change your mind. If you show up to your world in a certain way and 
maybe you don't really feel confident that that's your truth anymore. I want to journey with you on that change. And that's okay. I'm not asking you to show up as someone that you're not. That's the beauty of it, right? But if we have relationships in our lives that are saying, oh no, you're not fitting in the box I need you to fit in, or you owe me this, or you owe me that. Well, the hard truth about this is, where's the work? Yeah, and I think one final note that I do want to make sure that I get through here, because it's it might have popped up for some people's minds, it did for me, which is when we use this phrase about relationships being earned, not owed, I do want to touch on the caveat of I don't want people to take that as start keeping a tally of the transactions made between you and this other person to make sure that they've earned whatever, right? Like, because that's swinging the pendulum way too far in the other direction, right? So like the, the one end of the pendulum swing is just this absolute entitlement to levels of intimacy with you while showing up with absolutely no work whatsoever. That's that end of the spectrum, right? But the other end of the spectrum is like, is like this tyrannical laundry list of, oh, well, you have to do this this many times and this this many times. And, you know, I made the bed the last three times and uh, I noticed you uh, are, you didn't make it today. You know, like we're not talking about going to that level of literally tallying up every transaction that occurs between you and this other person, because that's also toxic in a totally other way. It's this is why we say that like these healthy relationships, they're they're vibrant and they're dynamic and they're ever evolving and interacting. And you'll know, you'll know when it's this like equally exchanges of energy. And that doesn't equal doesn't mean same. Like it doesn't mean I make the bed today, you make the bed tomorrow. I do the dishes today, you do the dishes tomorrow, right? It's not sameness. That's not what equality feels like when it comes to exchanging energy. Because people show up to relationships with totally different skill sets and 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 dynamics and things like that. So like somebody in that I, you know, I'm in a friendship with might be really, really good at cooking and I'm not. And so I can't like it would be difficult to maintain a relationship if the standard of relationship was they make a gourmet meal, I make a gourmet meal, back and forth and back and forth. I'd be like, I this isn't going to last long because I only have five recipes. You know what I mean? So like, but if somebody's like gift and skill is to be able to create food and put flavors together and create this warm table for you. And that's like what they love doing for you. And your skill set's totally different. You know, like you like to show up and, and, and really like get like super creative with them and listen to them, like talk out, Oh, I have this idea, but I don't want to know where to go with it. And you're like, Oh, what about this? You know? And like, you're able to give in another way. Like it's dynamic. It's, it's shared. It's, it's free. And it, it feels life giving. You walk away, not feeling drained, not feeling, you know, like, you had to hide parts of yourself. That's, that's what I'm talking about. So I don't want to go too, too far down that rabbit hole, but I did want to make a note about that because I know that there are people out there who have probably been in relationships that did get super transactional and maybe even that person weaponized that terminology of like earning 
this, that, or the other thing with them. Like you haven't earned your keep or whatever. And so I, I, I just wanted to touch on that because I don't want people to think that we're okay with that dynamic. <laughs> no, no. And that's actually very common and like very, very, cause they do, they swing the pendulum and they go into that very, very, very harmful, <laughs> like tally system kind of thing. I, what came to mind is being in a partnership that feels like a competition versus being in a partnership that feels like a team, right? Because every team member, right? The goalie has an entirely different skill set than whatever the middle field is. I'm sorry, all the football soccer players that are like, oh, like, but like the, that, that teammate is showing up because they want the goalie to win. They want the goalie to be successful because they're part of the same system, right? But if I was in competition, if I was in competition with that person, I would look at them as like, well, how are they showing up? I have to do it that way too. And then I have to show up in this way. And so now it's like a tally system because now I have to be like, almost like gaining the exact same thing that they are, or I'm going to lose. Right. And if I look at the partnership as like, no, it's more of a team thing that neither of you are losing, but you're both showing up noticing that you're doing it out of the will and good of the individual as well as the system, that is where the mentality changes. So when we say earned, not owed, it's more like both parties are contributing, okay? So I know that earning kind of, that that's why we can absolutely, if, if it is a trigger word for you, turn it into contribution. It's, you know, it's worked toward, It's there's effort behind these relationships, not ownership or you own, owe me, I guess. Um, so looking at like that is relationships are contributed to. Okay. And they are worked toward. (laughs) So that is really helpful. And I'm glad you did take a second to point that out CA, because we do have some listeners that have been from very harmful, you know, experiences and they hear that word and they go, Oh my God, they did that. I had to earn like, I had to earn, you know, vacations because they said that I wasn't a good enough wife or I was that child that, you know, I had to, you know, tell my mom that she was like an amazing person. You know, I had to do all of these things for my mom to love me. Right. And like that, that's love that's transactional and it's incredibly harmful. So absolutely take a second. I don't want you guys to like realize, you know, I want you guys to absorb that in like the more grounded sense. Um, but yes. Okay. We do, we are going to have to end it here, but what we're hoping for you guys is to almost listen to the call of the tension, listen to the call of where your self growth wants your relationships to go. And then with gentleness and compassion and kindness, be gentle, enter into some of the dynamics that might, you know, with your discernment, with your sovereignty, like slightly navigate some of those and walk away from those experiences, not in a critical lens, but say, hmm, like CA said, how did I feel? What were some of the things that happened during that dynamic? And then use that information to bring that conviction deeper, right? So you're going to say, hmm, I felt safe. I didn't feel safe. I felt honored. I didn't feel honored, right? And so when we have, like we were just talking about with the parent dynamic, when we have someone doing the gift thing, we have to 
use those like weapon, the things that they're bringing out, they're bringing out those weapons. You, you have your weapon is your conviction. Your weapon is your foundedness inside of yourself saying, these are my expectations. These are my recalibrated thresholds. These are the elements behind my relationships that I, I expect. I ask of my, the people that interact with me. So when you doubt that though, when I feel like, oh no, I should just take the yellow roses and I should just bypass it. When the doubt creeps in, the emotional processing and all of the opportunity that was behind the tension, we miss it. It passes. And it really just gets pushed off to another day. It does. Like see, I was and saying, sometimes, and sometimes you need time and that's okay yep. too. Um, but just, but just kind of like it's, yeah, bringing in those awareness and as you get to those new level ups in your life or thresholds down in your life to just, you know, honor those parts of your authenticity in the way that is most correct for that given situation and and dynamic. Oh my God. I love this. Level up, thresholds down. Like that needs to be like. Thresholds (laughs) down. Are you leveling up? Thresholds down. Oh, I love that. Okay, so um, let's leave it at that. But um, we always appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Rate and review us. We need those ratings and reviews. So um, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or individual Instagrams at recollect itself and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our coffee fiend club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work